Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Get out your sermon notes. We are finishing the series that we're in right now called Surrender, and we've talked about multiple, multiple uh, topics in this in this. Um, uh, series and today we're going to finish. We started last week. We were talking about uh, surrendering um, our, our finances to the Lord, and you probably thought, okay, well, that was just a one week event. No, it wasn't. Actually, it was a two week event because today we're finishing that. Next week, we're moving on to another series called uh, Simplify that I told you uh, literally a, a couple months ago. I believe that we would be doing this fall, and we're, we're um, I'm, I'm ready for that. God is going to move in, in your life and in this place like never before. I want to say a few things before we get into into the word, into the study, that Jesus spoke about money twice as much as he did heaven and hell. Did you know that? Did did you know that 16 of the 38 parables have to do with money or possessions? So even though Jesus, obviously, his, his primary calling was not to teach about money. I'm not saying that. His primary calling was to seek and save that which is lost, right? And, and yet, um, money and possessions, uh, it affects our everyday life, and the Bible doesn't stray from that topic. I mean, the Bible focuses on that topic over and over and over again because every financial decision is a spiritual decision. Every financial decision is a spiritual decision. Are you going to invest in you? Or are you going to uh, manage your money God's way and use it for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ? How are you going to manage money? Is it, is it going to be uh, living a life of generosity or is it going to be living a life of selfishness and and greed, and vanity, and pride, and lack of contentment. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, what we've been saying this entire series is that your level of surrender will determine the greatness of your life. Your level of surrender will determine the greatness of your life. The more that you surrender, the greater that your, your life will be. And not just in the area of money, but in every area of your life. When you surrender your life, truly surrender your life to the Lord, I'm telling you, you're, God is going to use you like never before. And people that, that love Jesus but are, not, but are not surrendering every aspect of their life to him yet, they are not experiencing yet what God wants them to experience. And, and um, I want you to surrender. I want you to live, in fact, I, and I, I'm choosing this as well, and I chose this many, many, many years ago, just to live my life as a life of surrender to Christ, a life of surrender to Christ, that in all things, at all times, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adhere to his word and adhere to his heart and, and just be a blessing to those around me as much as I possibly can and to share Jesus with as many as I possibly can as well. And what we're going to start doing is we're going to read out of the book of Haggai. Some people would say Haggai, and, and if you, if you want to say that that way, that's fine, but, but most theologians say Haggai. And it's, it's chapter 1 is where we're going to look at first, and starting in verse 5 through 7. And it's not going to be in your sermon notes. I just did not have room for it in there, but it, but it will be on the screen for you. It says... Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Like, like it's not that you don't have income. It doesn't mean that you don't have provision or resources, but, 
It's just money in and money right out. It's just money in and money right out. This is what the Lord Almighty says. This is not what Justin says. This is not what your grandpa says or your parents say. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And in this context, he's saying, give careful thought to the way that you are managing money, that you're managing resources. Give careful thought to your ways. As we said last week, I'll say it again, the the anointing of the Lord is on this message just as much as it is on messages of hope and peace and joy, everybody. Because the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. And that's what we're doing this morning. And I'm going to share with you, out of Luke chapter 15, the story of, of uh, really the prodigal son. And yet, we, we know that the heart of this story, the heart of this story is about repentance and it's about getting right uh, with the Father, coming back to the Father, that, that no matter how far you've strayed, that the Lord will take you back. I I'm thinking about John 6, 37, who says that all those, Jesus says this, all those the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So if you ever, if you ever face God and turn towards God, he always says yes. How many knows that's the gospel? That's the good news of Jesus Christ. Can I get a better amen than that, everybody? I mean, it's just the good news of, of, of Jesus. And yet, what we see here is not only that, not only um, that uh, gospel happening in this story, but there's something else that we're going to learn concerning God's resources, provision in our lives. Luke 15, verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I'm going to teach you today about unwise people, unwise people concerning God's provision and God's resources in your life. This is what the unwise do. And I'm going to show you this in this story of the prodigal son. Number one, write this down. Overestimate, unwise people overestimate the importance of wealth. They overestimate the importance of wealth. And I'm going to show you this in scripture. He says, the son says, Father, give me my fair share of the estate. Because his focus wasn't on anything or anyone other than himself. It was very self-serving. He said, I want what's coming to me. And he's overestimating the importance of wealth. And we see this in our nation over and over and over again, an over-importance concerning wealth. Let me show you something else. Number two, unwise people pursue instant gratification. Now, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to show you this in this portion of Scripture that the younger son got together all that he had and he set out for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. It was just that instant gratification. I 
It's not a matter of if I have the money for it or not or the resources for it or not. I just want it. Therefore, I'm going to get it. And, and you know what? You, we see this oftentimes in, in children, and that's why they put the candy bars in the, in, the, in the aisle and the little toys in the aisle as you're checking out at Walmart and really any other store you go to. Why? Because they know that there's going to be that sense of instant gratification. Hey, that sounds good. I want that. And a little child sees a toy, sees something fun, or even adults, because it used to be, in fact, when I was growing up, it was far more toys then it was food, and now these little gadgets. Everything is just like gadgets as seen on TV. You're seeing all this stuff, and, and it's that instant gratification. You know, it just comes to me. I just want it. I don't, it's not a matter of whether I have the money for it or not. I just want it, so I'm going to get it. And it's that last-minute spontaneous spending. And you see that in children all the time, don't we? Like, in, in fact, uh, every time we, we've trained our children, and, and this is a very good thing for you guys to do, too. It worked very well, and it is working in our family that when we go, for instance, on vacation, we give a set amount of money to our children, and we say, hey, in this, on this vacation, you get X amount of dollars. You know, you're going to get $30 to spend on this vacation. And if you spend it at the first stop that we stop at, if you spend it at the first gas station, you blow all of your money, hey, too bad for the rest of the trip. Like, we're not going to give you more. You're not, you know, and they do, they, they, especially the younger they are, right? The younger they are, they'll go into that very first store and they've got to have that stuffed animal or they've got to have that toy. They're like, well, dad, I want that. I'm like, well, son, you can get that cheaper. Daughter, you can get that cheaper. If we go to Walmart, if we go to other places, you know, this probably isn't the best place to, to buy that. No, I want it. I want it. I want it now. Okay, but you're going to be out of money. Oh, but that's okay. I want it now. And so they go ahead and buy that thing now and then you know what happens the rest of the trip. People are buying things. They're like, well, I, I, want, I want some of that. I want some of that. Well, I'm sorry you don't have any money. Well, Dad, can you give, give me money? Son, I already gave you money. Daughter, I already gave you money. How many have been there before? I've already given it to you. I've, I've, I've already given it. I've already been generous. You just didn't spend it wisely. And a lot of people go to God, God, I need more money. God's saying, hey, I've already given you money. The problem is, you've got a hole in your purse. You've got a hole in your wallet. It's just coming in and it's going right back out. It's just instant gratification. You're not thinking things through. You're just, you're just seeing, but they had a sale. I saved so much money. Well, did you really, though? Because did you really actually need that? Did you really actually need that? So, so Jennifer and I have learned, you know, when we go out shopping, we just have a budget. We know exactly what we're going to buy, and we just try not to by anything spontaneously because we want to be good stewards of God's provision. So it's that pursuing instant gratification. Number three, unwise people are unprepared for the unexpected. They're just not prepared for the unexpected. And we see this in the story. He says, um, verse 14, after he had spent everything, after he had he had gratified all of his cravings in his nature. After he'd spent all that he had, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. He was unprepared for the unexpected. Unprepared for the unexpected. You know, we even here at our church, not only did Jennifer and I just personally do this, but even here at New Song, you need to know that we could survive for three months if, if we didn't have any tithes or offerings come in. We could survive. We could pay all of the bills, pay all of the staff for three months, even if, if no tithes and offerings came in. 
Why? Because we prepare for the unexpected. And we look at that, we look at that part of, of, our, of our account or in our budget, that's just untouchable. We don't touch that. That is preparation for the unexpected. How many times, how many times has something happened in your world? You need a new set of tires or you need a transmission or you, you got to ha- have a new furnace put in. And you're like, but we don't, we don't have the money for that. It's, it's because you were not prepared for the unexpected. How many know you need to save up a little bit, have some money put away just in case the unexpected takes place? And by the way, unexpected things happen all the time. Well, when are they going to happen? I don't know. They're unexpected, right? It's that, it's that thing that takes you off guard. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, new song, listen to your pastor. You need to have a savings. You need to have an emergency fund. And um, I, I, again, I, I fully agree with, with how Dave Ramsey sets it up. If you say, well, I think there's a better system, that's fine. But, but let's, let, let's not argue about the person that we, that we kind of lean towards and let's just be wise with our finances. Could I get an amen on that, everybody? We just need to be wise. And then unwise people, they just live a miserable life. Why? Because they're stressed. They thought that thing that they were going to buy was going to bring them so much gratification. They spontaneously, spontaneously bought it. Well, if I buy this, I'll be happy. If I go out and purchase such and such, I'll, I'm going to be happy. This is going to make my life complete. And all of a sudden, they drain their funds. They find out that that thing that they had to have is really no big deal. Because let's face it, everybody, the new car smell, it wears off over time, doesn't it? That car that you had to have, that doesn't, the, like after about six months and a french fry falls between the seats, you don't care after about six months, do you? When you first get that car, you're like picking up every little thing, you know, cleaning out your car, making sure it's nice. But after about six months, all of a sudden a french fry drops, you don't care. Why? Because it's newness wore off. Because the new car smell went away. And, and now it's just your car. And the problem with that is a year from now or two years from now, you'll want another car thinking that that next car will satisfy you. And I'm telling you, a car is a car. A house is a house. My wife and I, we've just decided to be content with whatever we have. Our, our joy is not found in stuff. Our, our joy is found in God Almighty. Everybody, that's, that's where our joy, that, he's the resource of joy in our life. And our focus is upon him. And we see this in, in scripture again, that verse 16, he longed, this young son longed to, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Why? Well, you had it all. You, you, you had it all and you just, you squandered it. And it's difficult for people to reward, let, let me say it like this, I, this is, It's good stuff right here. It's difficult for people to reward your bad spending habits, isn't it? Well, I've really got a problem. I really need some money. Yeah, but I've I've, I've been watching how you've been blowing money left and right. Can I tell you something about God? And this is what makes the gospel of grace so beautiful that God watches us as sometimes we live our lives without him being the focus in our life. And he has, he's, not, he's not like us. So we, we struggle with this more than God does. That God is so gracious, God is so merciful that we, we squander 
our, our resources, our provision, and maybe even our very life. And then we, we come to our senses. We say, oh, God, I need some help. And God says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I'll help you. That doesn't mean, by the way, that doesn't mean that discipline won't be involved. Because sometimes it is. How many knows that the Lord disciplines those he loves? So sometimes you're, you're going to reap the consequences of, of that. But God, but God has this incredible way of just restoring things to you. Can I just be quite frank with you that, that you, don't deserved, you don't deserve having and I don't deserve having restored to me or to you. God is so gracious. He's so good. And if you said, if you're saying, Pastor, hey, Pastor Justin, I'm, I'm really, I've just made some bad decisions. I'm, I've just made some bad decisions. Can I tell you something? Turn to God and you're going to discover the grace and the mercy of God. And it might take you a little while to dig out of that thing, but God's power, God's strength is going to be there with you and his provision is going to be seen in your life and he will help you so that you can fulfill your purpose in life. He's so good, everybody. I, I, can't, I can't begin to tell you the goodness of God. I, can I tell you how many times I've messed it up and God just bailed me out? Is, is any, has God ever bailed anybody else out in the room before? Because we've all been stupid, right? We've all been, I mean, we've just been stupid at times. There's no other phrase for it except, man, I have messed up sometimes. And God just has this incredible grace and mercy and he just bails me out. Let's look back at the story again, Luke chapter 15, verse 17. So when this young man, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. What a great God we serve. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, I, I want to tell you, right after this happens, it's not, the, it's not the, 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 the message of today, but right after this happens, how many know that the father was so faithful to his son and did far above and beyond what this son deserved? That's, that's how great our God is. So I'm, I'm giving you a message of hope today. This is not, this is not a, a message of correction as much as it is just a message of hope, a message of encouragement. So I'm going to teach you about what wise people do. When people, when people are wise, here's what they do. Number one, they acknowledge their current reality. They, they acknowledge their current reality. And we find this here in this, in this uh, uh, portion of Scripture, verse 17, that this young son came to his senses. What have I done? I have been, as we've already said, I have been so stupid. I have made so many bad decisions. And he came to his senses. So the first thing that you have to do, if you are not managing God's resources very well right now, you've got to come to your senses. You have to acknowledge your current reality. Okay, things are not good right now. Just, just fess up. In fact, I, I teach my staff this. I teach my family this. I've taught all of you this. When we mess up, we own up. That's how we live life. When we mess up, we own up. If we mess up before God, we own up. We confess it. We bring it to God. God forgives us. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Can I get an amen about that? 
He does that because he loves us so much. So when we mess up, we own up. And when, when we mess up to one another, we own up to that. When we mess up in our finances, we need to own up to that. Just to acknowledge your current reality. You know what? Things in my financial life are just not good. They're just not good. So wise people acknowledge their current reality. The second thing is they develop a plan of attack. They develop a plan of attack. And this young man said, the son said in verse 18, I will set out and go back to my father. And there's a few things that I need to confess to him. Like I have this plan of attack that my father treats, treats hired servants. If I could just be a hired servant, I'd be okay with it. I, I'm just going to go back to him. Like, I'm going to try to set this thing right. You have to, if you're going to manage God's provision well, you have to acknowledge your current reality and you have to develop a plan of attack. Now, we'll talk about that here in a second, but you need to have a plan. You need to have a plan. You can't just, when it comes to money, when it comes to, to stewardship, you, it, it cannot be, you cannot spontaneously get out of debt. You can spontaneously get into debt, but you can't spontaneously get out of debt. And the debt that you picked up thinking, well, I can pay that off next month, and now it's been three years, and you haven't paid it off, or I can pay that off in a year, and it's been 10 years. It, can I tell you, you can spontaneously get into it, but you can't spontaneously get out of it. It's going to take some time. And you have to be very purposeful about the plan that you put together. I was so, I was so excited Last Sunday morning, I had several people come to me and say, you know what, I just need somebody to help me with the plan. In fact, two people said, I, I have the discipline. I just, I, I just am not very good at money management. I have the discipline. I'm already living that out in my life. I, I just need, I need somebody to help me with the budget. I, I, need, I need the plan. I need the plan. And of course, we are, we're making those contacts. We're making those those." Um, uh, meetings, we're scheduling those meetings right now to help them out. Wise people acknowledge their current reality, develop a plan of attack. Number three, they start on Monday because everything starts on Monday, right? No, we start immediately because haven't you ever noticed every diet always starts on Monday? Well, on Monday, I'll, I'll start it on Monday, but today's Saturday and I get to eat whatever I want to eat, right? Uh, you know, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to start being disciplined in this area. I'm going to start exercising on Monday, yeah, that's just the way it works. But no, no, we're going to start immediately. We're going to start immediately. In fact, the, the young son says here in verse 20, so he got up and went to his father. He developed a plan of attack, and then he put the plan in motion. When did he start it? Immediately. He, he said, okay, here's the plan. Now I'm, I'm going to start it. No more waiting. No more putting it off. No more attacking it next year. No more, well, after Christmas, I'll get to it. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the plan in effect right now. I'm going to start immediately. Number four, write this down. Humbly ask for help. Humbly ask for help. We see this in verse 21. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So he, he goes to his dad, and he says, Dad, I've made a mistake. And I need your help. Because I, I don't have enough to eat. I don't have enough for, I, I, don't, I just don't have enough in my life to, to even get by anymore. 
that I, I'm admitting it. I've failed against you. I've sinned against you. And I just need some help. And his dad says, son, I'm here for you. I've been waiting for this. I, I can't wait to help you out. I can't wait to help you live a better life. God is a great God. And I, I'm telling you, we are also called to be a great people, meaning we're called to be a great church. And I, I don't mean that just as new song. I mean, capital C, the church around the world that we are called to help people in their time of need. Well, pastor, they don't deserve it. Can I tell you something? That's not the heart of God. That's not the heart of God. You know, one, one of the things that happened in my life, I had a family member a, a long time ago now. They, they were not managing money very well at all. And, and they came and asked for help. And in my, in my pride, I'm going to say it like that, in my pride, I said no. I said, no, I, I'm, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to bail you out. You're just not wise with how you manage money. You haven't learned your lesson yet. And if I give towards this, I'm going to bail you out, but you're going to go back and live life the way you used to live life. And I'm just not going to do it. Can I, can I tell you, concerning my relationship with them, it's one of the, it's one of the bigger regrets that I have because I had somebody who, who loved me and I loved them who was sincerely asking for help. And as I'm supposed to be a reflection of Christ in the world, I wasn't that day. And I know there, there's some people in this room, because I'm going to hit the other side of it, there's some people in this room that maybe you manage money very well and you're doing okay. And, 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 and you've gotten to this point where your heart is hardened because you see people abusing God's resources and provision and you keep looking at them and oh, they're so undisciplined. I'm not going to help them out anymore. Can I tell you something? You need to pray today to ask the Lord to soften your heart and to be a person of grace to be a person of mercy. And I'm not saying that you pour into them what you've poured into them in the past, but I am saying start the conversation, sit down with them and say, hey, I'm going to help you the right way this time. I'm not just going to bail you out. We're going to do this together. I'm going to encourage you along the way and be a resource for them. Be gracious to them because we are a reflection of our heavenly father in this world. You know that, right? And I'm just grateful, grateful to have a, a heavenly father that accepts, that accepts me and loves me even in my sin. And he still teaches me and he takes, he's patient with me. Come on, everybody. The Lord is patient with us, isn't he? And how many know that we, there, there's some people in this room, you're doing great financially, but you, you need to show some patience towards some others and, and, and be a blessing to them. Live, live to be a blessing and God will reward you. I want to finish with some things that I'm going to walk you through very, very quickly. I'm going to talk about the best plan, and I'm not going to go very, very far into this. I'm not going to go very far into this. Um, but, but on your way out today, on your way out, I, I put together a, um, um, just a little flyer that every, every, it's just one per family, one per family. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we have enough for everybody to go around, but one per family, and it's just, it's just five steps to financial freedom. And they're so, and this is just a starting point. You can read through this, and it gives the whys, not only the hows, but the whys uh, of how to do this. And then if you need some help, just come and ask. And we've already had multiple people talking to us saying, Pastor, hey, can you help me? Can you, I want to be debt-free. Can, can you help me? 
And the answer is uh, absolutely, we can help you. And and we'll 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 just you know again, we have other people in this church that that love sharing their wisdom with you. And so it might not be me, but it will be somebody that is qualified to teach you about money management. Okay. And on the way out, everybody's going to receive this, but I want you to, to take note. And I, I didn't have you fill in the blanks here. I'm just going to talk about it very shortly. That, that there is a, a plan that you need, and, and it, it, it needs to start immediately. And the first one is, and this is the one I'm going to concentrate on the most, it's transfer ownership. It's transfer ownership. As Christians, God expects that all possessions be transferred to him and this transfer is actually an act of faith. And what you're saying is, in, in essence, what you're saying is, Father, everything that, that, I, that I possess, everything that I own, it actually belongs to you. I'm just managing your resources in my life. It just belongs to you. My, my wife and I, we have, we, we have this mindset in, in our, and we just live this out. God, the, the money in my bank account, it's not mine, it's actually yours. My house is not mine, it's actually yours. My car is not mine, it's actually yours. The, 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 just everything, all of my possessions. Can I go even a little bit further than that, everybody? That my family is not mine, it's actually yours. I say that to God. God, my family is yours. They are gifts from you. That, that, I, that I get to enjoy throughout the course of my life, but they belong to you. My present is yours. My future is yours. It all belongs to you. And my job as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is just to manage what you've given me. So I'm going to manage my time. I'm going to manage my energy. I'm going to manage my calling. I'm going to manage my resources. I'm going to manage my family. I'm going to manage uh, every aspect of my life for the glory of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you managing every aspect of your life for the glory of God? For the glory of God. See, my wife and I, we just have this thing. If, if the Lord says, hey, I want you to give this up, our answer is absolutely. Absolutely. If God says, hey, hey, uh, Justin, Jennifer, I want, I want you to give up this house. Our answer to that is absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so, I'm so grateful. Can I, can I tell you something it, for the team? This is just a great example right now. For the team that just got back late last night from Mexico, they, they were in Yaxche. Uh, it's in the jungle in, in the Yucatan. I'm telling you, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And um, um, the living conditions... There are rough, to say the least. Most people, most people in this village just live in cabanas. They, they don't even have walls to their houses, just sticks that they put together. And, and they, they don't sleep in mattresses or anything. There's far too many tarantulas and scorpions and, and bugs. They, don't, they sleep in hammocks that hang from one pole to another. That's how they all sleep in hammocks. And they just wrap themselves in the hammock overnight so they don't get, they don't get bitten by things that are just crawling around, snakes, poisonous snakes. And, and I'm thinking about Charles and Alma Weaver, who are, are, are really missionaries that just came out of our church, and they, they're here part of the year, and they're down in Yaksha the other part of the year, and, and they've, they've just given, they've just gotten to the point where they just said, Father, my life is yours. So if you want me to live 
you know, down in Yorkshire for a while and reach this village for, for you, then we're going to do it. And they do. And by the way, they absolutely love it. I mean, you should see the joy in their hearts. You, you should see, you should see, you should see for yourself what God is doing in them, not just through them, but in them. It's so incredible. It's so beautiful what God is doing. And they've just gotten to the point. They said, Father, anything that I have, including my own existence, doesn't belong to me. It actually belongs to you. And I'm, I'm just going to give my life away. I'm going to be ready to give away anything that you ask of me. I'm going to give it away because it all belongs to you. It's a transfer of ownership. Can I tell you something? If you don't transfer ownership of all of your possessions to the Lord, you'll never fully live the life that God wants you to live. Your level of surrender will determine the greatness of your life. This, this preaching is way better than you're, than you're amening me. That's, I'm telling you the truth, everybody. I've said this for weeks, and I'm saying it again. Your level of surrender will determine the greatness of your life. Well, well, pastor, I'm scared about that because I don't want God to call me into Africa. Can I tell you something? I'm going to say it. I've said it before in the past. The very thing that you refuse to give up to God is the very thing he will require of you. He says, I'll have no other gods before me. And if you could live your life and say, Father, you can have it all. I'll go wherever you want me to go. That thing that, that scares you about giving it up, he probably won't require it of you. But if he does, he'll put so much joy in you. As you live that life, it'll be unexplainable. I'm, I'm just telling you how it works. I, I've seen people um, give up some very significant things things that they never ever thought that they would want to give up, things that they were always scared that the Lord would ask of them. And I've seen them give it up with, we're talking crocodile tears, everybody, the big ones, but not out of sadness, out of complete joy, the joy of surrender. Oh, Father, I'll gladly give this up for you. And all of a sudden, and I'm, and I'm just making this part up. You know that. I'm afraid God's going to call me to Africa. Can I tell you something? If God calls you into Africa, he'll put such a love in you for the Africans that you can't imagine your life any other way except ministering to the Africans. That's how it works. So the very thing that you're scared of is the very thing that God can change in you and give you a divine love like you have never had before. And I'm telling you, the level, your level of surrender will determine the greatness of your life. It's true, isn't it, Kirk? He knows all about it. He knows all about it. Transfer ownership. Number two, give God his part. Give God his part. Can I tell you the plan of attack? It starts with, number one, 
tithes and offerings to the Lord. First, first. Well, if I have it left over, then I will. No, that's not first fruits. That's last fruits. First, give to God his part. You'll do more with 90% than you ever could with 100 because the blessings of the Lord will be upon the 90%. I'm just telling you the truth. And if you need to talk about this in person, just come and talk to us. We'll help you. If you're, well, I don't have the money for that. We'll, we'll help you form a budget. But the starting place, you need to know, the starting place, if you come and, and talk to one of us about a budget, the very starting place will be the first 10% is off limits. That belongs to God. I've had, I had a person come in and say, no, 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 I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to do that. I'll, and I just, I just, I handed them the piece of paper I was working on to them. I said, then our, our session is over today because I will not help you live life outside of the will of God for your life. I just can't do it. So if you say, I, I need help with a budget, the very first thing I'm gonna do is tell you, give God his part. The, the, the next thing is, I'm gonna say, allow no more debt. You gotta stop, stop, stop racking up debt. You need to develop a budget. Then you need to have that budget help you retire the debt. And then number six, this is an important one. You think that sounds miserable. No, you need to enjoy life along the way because it's already proven what you thought would bring you such great joy. Well, if I had this, and if I had this, if I had this, it actually led to a miserable life. And you'll learn, as you, as you do it God's way, you'll learn, you can enjoy life. Can I tell you something? You can enjoy life without all the stuff that America convinces you, that media, that commercials convinces you will make you happy. You can actually enjoy life without all that stuff. Can I tell you that? It's true. Some of the most joyful people I've ever met in my life are in the poorest third world country, Haiti. Some of the most joyful people I've ever met are also some of the poorest people I've ever met. I'm telling this truth. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Because they, they realize, no, their joy comes from God. Your joy won't, will, will, will never come from stuff. Your joy comes from, from the Lord. So, I'm going to teach you one final thing. That God will take full responsibility for the life that is fully surrendered to him. That God will take full responsibility for the life that is fully surrendered to him. Well, well, Pastor, what if, what if it doesn't work out? What if, what if God doesn't provide? He will. He will. His word says he will. That's a, th those are promises. And I'll share those with you. If we ever meet in person, I can share all of those with you. He will provide. He will do the supernatural. And the life that is fully surrendered to him, fully surrendered to him, he will take full responsibility for. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? I'm going to ask you to stand up with me, and um, we're going to offer ourselves... One last time, just as an act of surrender. I, I want to I say this. It's very rare that we go a Sunday without giving people the opportunity to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. We just feel that it's something that we need to do. And if you've never surrendered your life to Christ and you, 
you feel the Holy Spirit just drawing you this morning saying you need to do that, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a, a, a moment here. And again, it's not, it's not the words that you say, it's the heart behind it. So, so it's not, you have to put these certain 25 words together and only if you get it the right, the right words and the right format, the right placement of those words and the right quantity of words, then he'll actually forgive you. No, I, I know some people that have been in, incredibly transformed by the grace of God and they, they just simply went to Jesus and said, Jesus, oh Jesus, I need you. Or Jesus, save me. And he says, yes. Jesus said, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So if you come to him, he always says, yes. You're never too far gone for the grace of God. As long as you have a heart to say yes to God, he has a heart to say yes to you. And I want to invite you to do this, to pray a very, very simple prayer. And I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. At the end, you can go to guest services. We have this book called Fresh Start that we'll give you. It's, it's free of charge. Um, we, we, we just ordered another case of these. We go through them so fast, everybody. It's amazing. We, we just ordered another case. Um, and we have these for you. Just go to guest services and say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus. And they'll, they'll, they'll meet with you in person. They'll give you that book, get some information from you. And then we'll talk to you through the, throughout the course of the week at some point. So I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. It just goes, it just goes something like this, Jesus saved me. That's all we're going to ask. So would you bow your heads very, very quickly? And if you're in the room or watching online right now, I, I hope, I, I really hope that everybody in this room knows Jesus as Savior. But if you don't, I hope, I pray that you'll invite him into your life right now. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if you're saying, today's my day, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I just want you to raise your hand really high. Let me see who you are. Is there anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? Okay, for those watching online, we're going to pray this prayer anyway. Jesus, I come to you and I'm in need of a Savior. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I'm asking you, forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Be the Lord of my life. Father, I believe in the gift of your son. I believe in his birth and his life. I believe in the cross of Jesus. I believe in the resurrection. And I know Jesus is Lord of all. And I thank you, Father, that by your grace, by your mercy, because of your great love, today's the day that Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. Now, for those of us in this room, just one more, one more time. At the end of this series, we're going to open up our hands toward heaven, and we're going to pray a prayer of surrender. And it goes like this. Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. Like Jesus, we're going to pray. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done in me and through me I surrender and today I transfer ownership of all that I have every possession that I have but not only every possession I surrender my family to you 
I surrender my home to you. I surrender my present to you. I surrender my future to you. I surrender all that I have and all that I am to you. I reject the life of mediocrity, of lukewarmness, and I embrace the life of surrender so that I can fulfill the purpose that you've placed upon my life for the glory of your name. I surrender my life to you. Be Lord of every aspect of my life and help me to live, to exalt, to magnify, and to proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my best life. And that life is always found in Christ following your purpose on my life, Father. Help me to live that life, I pray. And it's in the name of your Son that I pray it. In Jesus' name, we pray it. If you agree with that prayer, say a big amen. Amen. Next week, don't forget, don't come alone. One invitation can change a life. If you don't know how to invite somebody to Christ, at least invite them to church where we can invite them to Christ, all right? So don't come alone. One invitation can change your life. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great day. New song. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.